Hello everyone, I'm Alana. And I'm Ellie. And this is Arts. Hypothetically. Yay, welcome to the first episode of our podcast that we very randomly decided to start but are very excited about. Yeah, we um, decided to take a break from making art and we want to talk about it. Yes, so in this series of podcast episodes, we're just going to be taking a look at art and what it is and talking about different types of art and talking about our personal experience as artists just you know a bunch of different random fun things but in the first episode we wanted to explore the idea of what is art yeah we're getting we're getting philosophical right off the bat definitely (laughs) (laughs) well before we jump into what we are going to be talking about today i feel like we should probably introduce ourselves and give a bit of information about who we are and what we do. So, Illy, would you like to start off? Uh, my name is Ileana. Everybody calls me Illy. You're welcome to choose whichever you prefer. Um, and I, uh, I have a, an associate's degree in photography and a bachelor's degree in graphic design. Um, I really love painting with acrylics, mostly. I, I will do just about any form of art or learn if I want to. was it, Is that what we're going for here? I mean, I, I think that was wonderful. Okay, go for it. Tell me about yourself, Alana. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm Alana, and I am basically a video editor, videographer. I have a bachelor's degree in film and television, which is being put to so much good use right now. Um, <laughs> I am basically your resident video person. I have also dabbled a bit in photography, but I wouldn't classify myself as a professional like I would classify Illy, in my opinion, is more of the photographer of the two of us. But that's gonna um, have to be a whole nother episode right there is <laughs> me classifying you as a photographer? No, like when when do you like decide that you are a professional at what you do? Oh, I think that's too deep for right now. Well, there's, okay, there, I mean, there is an actual answer, and that's when you make more than 50% of your income. I think that's the actual definition. But um, yeah, we can, we can add that to our episode ideas list. <laughs> well, if we're going by that definition, then I am a professional video editor, <laughs> because that is what I do for my job. I'm a contract video editor right now, but I also have a YouTube channel where I've been posting videos for a very long time many years. Awesome. (laughs) This is going so well already. So well. Okay, so let's just start here with, I'm curious how, we talked about defining being a professional already, but uh, how do you define art? Like, just personally, your definition? I don't know. I feel like that's really hard because it's so different for everyone, but my definition of it I feel like is really, really broad. It's just if you're creating something, if you're being creative and you're making something, it doesn't matter what the medium is. It doesn't matter like if you're making something with your hands or with paint or if you're making something digitally. I think that that is technically art, like even like writing and and all that kind of cool stuff. Even podcasting, I would classify as an an art form. Um, So if you're creating, I think that that is art. I, I have questions, but I'll tell you what I think first, and then we can kind of <laughs> analyze that. Um, I think it's 
I kind of feel like it's making something from nothing. Um, there's definitely instances where you're making something from something else though. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think being able to make something from nothing, I think there is definitely an aesthetic aspect of it too, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I, cause I think that kind of takes me to one of my questions for you is if you're talking about creating or just making something with your hands, I mean, there are like that, like mechanics are mechanics art because they can build an engine. I don't know. That goes into the functionality of art. Honestly, people might think that something like a a car is art, like building a car. I don't know if that's the first thing I would think of when the topic of art was brought up, but I feel like a case could be made that it is art. I think that is also very audience dependent. First of all, who is, who you're creating for, how many, like who's seeing it. Mm Mm-hmm. And in what context? I mean, context is huge too. This is all so hypothetical. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because like for for example, while we're talking about cars, I don't know why I brought up the mechanic. That was just the first thing that came to my mind. But like if you're building a car and and we go back to, you mentioned functionality. If you're building a car and it's art, and I'm totally on board for that. And if you're building a car and it's art, is it still art if you're building a Honda Civic or is it, more artistic if you're building a really old muscle car and putting it on display like does the does the use of the creation dictate whether it's art or not this is so up to the individual because people view art so differently something that i view as art someone else might be like that's not art right i think that goes to another kind of segue of like art versus having a technical skill Um, because I think you could very easily say like the art of something like the art of mechanics but maybe it's not art yes and is there a difference I think so and I'll go into like my personal experience with grappling with that because it's something that I've had to think about with like my video editing like the work that I do that I get paid for is basically just taking videos from clients that are already put together and I'm re-editing them and reformatting them and cutting them down to fit different social media platforms. So that's a very technical thing that I'm doing. I am taking my knowledge of editing and I'm cutting down videos that have already been put together and re-editing them for different things. And I view that as like the art of editing where it's very, very technical and there's not a ton of creativity. Like I still have to make sure that the videos make sense, but I'm not really creating because I'm cutting down something that was already made. Whereas when I'm crafting one of my videos or something that I'm helping to build from just clips that are there and I'm I'm making something with them, that's what I view as more of art versus just using my technical skill. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I think though, sometimes, I mean, I guess it depends on the content there that you're editing, but sometimes I think it's, maybe this is the definition of art. Maybe it's about the story. Um, Because I feel like there does need to be a storytelling aspect to, I'm going to say all art. I feel like all art has a story to tell Mm -hmm. um, or has a, has a narrative behind it. Um, So maybe that's, 
maybe that's the definition for me because you you talk about editing and how somebody already created the quote unquote art and you're just putting it together in its final um, form. But if you didn't have the ability to tell that story and make it make sense, then your technical skill is useless. And in, in, I mean, not to not to say that your, your technical skills are useless. I'm saying in that instance, you're you're not just cutting and, and pasting and stitching things together. You're creating something. This is going back to creating something new from something that already exists. The same thing if I took like a painting that was reproduced in a calendar, and I wanted to cut out this painting, glue it to a canvas, and expand on it. Me creating art referencing or using utilizing that original piece of art doesn't make what i made any less art right that is true (laughs) i mean i mean i've never really thought about it that way because when i look at the work that i do it's more of just like cutting out than adding um because i because i edit it down like usually i'm taking a 20 minute long video and editing it down to three minutes, which does take a certain level of skill to still have that make sense to cut something down from something that's so long to something that's so much shorter. But is that art or is that just technical skill? So that's really interesting. I'm, I'm curious about the adding or subtracting thing. I'm trying to think if there's a time where, like I'm trying to think of other art that I, things that I consider art that would be subtractive instead of additive. I mean, you could remove, it it could be as simple as just removing things from a photo. Like you could have a photo with a bunch of things in it and you want to take stuff out. But does that make, I see, mm, I have a strong feel, (laughs) and this might go back to something that you're feeling with video editing. Um, I have a strong feel about photo editing or photo manipulation about whether that's art or not, because I don't think taking someone else's art and putting a filter on it means that you created art well no i would i would also argue that that's not art but like let's say you're a photographer and you take a picture and then in editing you take all those things out of the background is that technical skill or is that changing the art like i think that's technical skill because if if i were the person who created that photo i likely would have known from the capture that i don't want these items in there. So that would have been my intent. Um, Or, I mean, maybe that's not always the case. Maybe I didn't catch something, but, you know, in editing, I'm like, oh, no, that garbage can's got to go. But I don't think the act of removing the garbage can is art. I think the act of framing the photo in the first place. But I mean, do you, so then do you think that the process of taking a photo, like, as a whole is the art where you take it and then you, like, color correct it and stuff? and possibly remove things from the background because that goes into like let's say you're a photographer and you don't edit your own photos you have like a photo editor I don't know if that's a thing but like for video let's say I get this footage and part of my job is to color correct it and stuff do you see that as two different skill sets or do you think that if you're a photographer you should know both Ooh, that's hard Okay, so let's let's back away from photography for a second. I'm going to make a Picasso reference because a lot of people look at Picasso's art and they think he didn't have technical skill. And that's not true. 
I mean, even if what he created was all he was capable of creating, then it's still not true. But he was a classically trained artist who could paint photorealistically. He chose not to, right? So he chose not to create that way. I don't know if this analogy is going to make any sense, but that's where I'm at. <laughs> so um, that was a choice. And I think as a photographer, you need to know, there, there's a saying of like, you need to know the rules in order to know when you can break them. I think that kind of applies to Picasso, but like a photographer or somebody editing, I think most artists in that medium would know both and they would know when to do it themselves or to outsource. The editing can definitely be an art, mm -hmm. but I guess it depends on what you're editing or why. How would you value art? That's a difficult question or it's a two-sided question because there's how do you value your own art when trying to do so professionally and make money doing art mm -hmm. and then how do you value art as a whole or art as a theoretical concept or art to purchase um i think those are two different things even though maybe they shouldn't be um we t we talked about like giant canvases in the moma the museum of modern art um that are just painted all one color or i i distinctly remember my first trip to the moma it was a, I think it was a white, a fully white canvas with like a red dot, like the size of a quarter. I remember that because I remember also looking at that and being like, why? Yeah, I don't, I, I wish I could remember the artist or know how to even Google that to get more specifics or to find out why. Maybe there is a why. Um, maybe that goes back to the storytelling. Um, but I remember looking at that and being like, what? Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why, why, are, why are you in this? museum of such prestige like what what landed you here who looked at this and decided that that had value and this spark that just sparked my brain because that goes back to like the whole story behind it where you said like maybe it has a story behind it that we don't know and if we knew the story maybe the piece would hold more value like we were talking um the other day about how like I went to a museum and I saw like a pile of candy on the ground and I was like why is there just a pile of candy on the ground and it was like in the sculpture section and I was very confused as to why someone had just put a pile of candy there like there was no rhyme or reason to it and even the the plaque next to it it didn't have any information about it and so I was like that's odd um why is that here and like, I still think about it sometimes. I'm like, that's, that was so odd. So I was scrolling on TikTok the other day and I found a TikTok of this girl explaining the story behind this candy on the ground. And it actually has a really deep meaning to it. And I Googled it to make sure it was true. And it was true. And the candy was supposed to represent the artist's, um, I think, husband or boyfriend. I'm not sure if they were actually married. And um, he had passed away from AIDS. And so basically the candy was supposed to be like an homage to him and people could take the candy and taking a piece of candy would symbolize how like a p you lose a piece of yourself to AIDS over time until there's none left. That, that was what the candy was for. I had absolutely no idea, but my perspective on the piece 
completely changed once I learned the story behind it because I was like, that's actually incredibly moving and smart. But I didn't know at the time that that's what it was. Yeah, I've got the the article you sent me about it. The artist was Felix Gonzalez Torres. um, And it was an art installation. I agree about the changing changing the the meaning of the art obviously but also changing like how how we value it um but well see that also doesn't necessarily increase its monetary value so there's a whole another thing of you know intrinsic value or versus monetary value i think either the tiktok or the article also talked about like how if you it was like a, a moral dilemma a little bit um so it was interactive they they expected mm-hmm. they asked or told people that they could take the candy so if you take the candy you're you're working you know towards the artist's intent of slowly diminishing that pile until there's nothing left as a reference to aids um but if you didn't take the candy you were also making a commentary about how people who are not part of that community or who haven't experienced that type of loss or um, that illness kind of pass it by and, and don't, you know, participate or acknowledge or um, give it its time. But but when you saw that pile of candy previously, before we found its meaning, did you did you still think it was art as an art installation? Like you were in a museum, so you knew it was an art installation. It wasn't just like you encountered a giant pile of candy on the street and were like, hmm, why are you here? Um, so did you did you look at it and be like, I don't, I don't get this or I don't get why this is art because I think those are two different questions also. It was I don't get this because I was in an art museum so I was like okay so this is art of some type but I don't understand its purpose like I don't understand what it's trying to do which sometimes art doesn't isn't trying to do anything but if you see a pile of candy on the ground in an art museum I I mean your immediate thought is why and so I, I just wondered why, like, what, what was the point? And now I understand. But there was not anything in the museum that highlighted the story behind it. Can artists create art with the express purpose of getting you to question? Like, what if the artist's intent, which I think is a whole other stop- topic that we're probably going to talk more about, but maybe this is where it starts, but is the, if the, does the audience's experience have to match the artist's intent in order for it to have that value? What if this Felix Gonzalez Torres just wanted to make an art installation to have people walking by say, why? And if that was his intent and, and that's what resulted, does that give it its value? Again, I think value is very subjective to the person that like the artist can always have an intent in creating art but once it's out to the public it's the public's like it becomes more than just the artist and like the first example I can think of that is when you're watching a tv show or a movie and their intent is one thing and the audience gets something completely different from it and even though the artist intended one thing or the creators of the show or the movie intended one thing the audience got something completely different and And so does that change the value of it, maybe to the audience? Well, I think that also changes how people view it in general. Um, I watch a TV show called 911 uh, and 911 Lone Star. And um, 
one of the actors from 911 Lone Star actually said something exactly like what you said that once it's once it, you're done creating once you're done acting and doing and making that piece of television you um it's not yours anymore mm-hmm. so if it is the audience do they get to determine its value i think each individual person determines the value of the art in their own way like i could watch a television show and think it's the greatest thing ever and p- draw my own conclusions from it and then someone else could watch it and be like this is trash and draw completely different conclusions from it so i think value is just a very personal thing when it comes to art and consuming art um and it always will be which is why you can't say this is worth this or this is worth this much and just have it be the end-all be-all like that's what it is because it's different for each person like even if you think about it in more of a traditional sense someone might pay like three million dollars for a canvas that has like barely anything on it like it has a couple of cool brush strokes which I'm sure took a certain level of skill and time to put together but they value it at millions of dollars and I I mean even if I had millions of dollars I wouldn't I wouldn't be paying millions of dollars for that because I wouldn't see that kind of value in it but someone else does otherwise it wouldn't be selling for millions of dollars I wonder if the divisiveness there is like by design like does does having somebody look at some having a particular part of a population or a group of people look at something and be like this is trash and another person group of people look at it and be like this is the most beautifully brilliant thing i've ever seen does that division drive up its value because now there's a conversation and now people are talking about it potentially because that can also give it more coverage it can if people are talking about it more online for example and there's more eyeballs on it, then that could also drive up the value monetarily or even just socially. Like if this is the thing everyone's talking about and you wanna talk about it too. That also gives, leans heavily into the whole depreciation of value because if something is hot, it's a hot commodity and then it also fades away real quick because it was hot and fast and now people don't care anymore. Did the actual value of the physical piece of art change? No, it's not like a car that you put miles on it. It's just the audience fell out of favor. Yeah, or if something becomes like a really talked about thing or really mainstream, then the people who don't like mainstream things might not think that it has as much value because it's more mainstream now. Um, so it's just, I mean, you can't define the value of a piece of art, uh, because it, it changes so quickly and there are so many different factors when it comes to defining that value. I think the only way that you can define value is when it comes to your own personal view on a certain piece of art. Like you can say, I really value this, or I don't really value this as much. And that's just your personal thing. I think we've, we've been talking so much about like what we would maybe consider traditional art, but we haven't really talked about everything, especially value. I feel like that's really um, important when it comes to things like music um, and, and writing and uh, books um, because yeah. those things, you know, have physical monetary value assigned to them for most, for, for consumption most of the time. Yes. Right. 
So and then the things that the the true too the things that aren't priced as high, people might automatically assume aren't as good or the things that are marketed more towards young adults or the things that are free. Like it would be a really interesting to have an episode on fan fiction versus published books because people still look down on fan fiction when in reality I've read fan fictions that are better than published <laughs> books that I've read, like way better. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that that is a very interesting topic that right. you because it also goes back to like value versus quanti- uh, not quantity, uh, value versus quality. And like, it, they don't line up with a lot of things necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, it goes to, I was telling you about, there's an artist, his name is Mar- Marcel Deschamp. Um, and he was an artist of, of many different m- mediums, but he also uh, was kind of groundbreaking for found art. Um, one of the most well-known is called the fountain it was a urinal that he found this was in the early 1900s um a urinal that he found and i don't i i I don't remember um i'd have to look it up there was like a a word on it or a name i think it was armut um and i don't remember if that was already on it when he found it or if he added to it but the art was just putting this urinal on a pedestal at a installation or an exhibit and calling it art I'm curious your thoughts on found art and how much manipulation is necessary, if any. Um, And that kind of felt like it was a, you know, value versus quality because who's remarking on the quality of of found art? Like, (laughs) I just don't even know. I feel like I don't know enough about found art to have a really solid opinion on it. But I do feel like if you find something and you alter it even if it's in a small way to to make it some kind of form of art I think it's it's valid like I think that it can definitely turn into something that you could view as art but I don't again I just don't know enough about found art and that whole situation to really feel like I can super comment well on it but I, th- I think it's definitely possible for found art to be a thing without too much manipulation. Does that, do you feel like that also lends itself more to the the why of it all and the story of it all? Like, does it have? Does yeah. It- okay. I just um, feel like if there's a, if there's a cool story behind it and like you're trying to say something with it, like that's probably when I would click with it more than if it was just an object on a pedestal. Gotcha. So here, I found the part of the article that I was talking about, and this is an article from artsy.net. I don't want to take credit. These are not my thoughts, but um, (laughs) it just said that Deschamp had championed for years the idea of the use of ready-mades, that that's in quotes, ready-mades, existing objects taken from real life and modified or recontextualized to function as works of art. The idea at hand of art primarily as a concept rather than an object is what made the fountain arguably the most intellectually captivating and challenging piece of art of the 20th century. Again, another potential podcast episode. (laughs) Art as a concept rather than creating something that might stereotypically be viewed as art is definitely an interesting conversation. Not all art is physical. Mm -mm. I mean, we talked about music. Yes, you can physically purchase a CD or a 
album, but that's not necessarily the actual art. And does the like consumption of art and, and the modes of consumption of art is really interesting also. That's one of the main reasons why like I had a hard time coming to terms with the fact that I was an artist because video editing doesn't produce anything physical. It's all virtual. And it's like, you can film something, like I, I'm a videographer. And so I think that there's a certain level of skill when it comes to capturing video, like with photography, you have to have an eye for it. But like, I don't know, I, I've always viewed in the past art more as something like that you can hold or like drawing or painting or something like that, that like the stereotypical like versions of art. But then as I grew up a little and I went to film school and I realized all of the different art forms and mediums and I started seeing like, cause when you go to a museum, you don't see a film section, an art museum. You, you Like you rarely ever see a film section. You'll probably rarely see a photography section in most art museums. And if you do, it's pretty small. And, and so like when you're seeing all these stereotypical definitions of art, it's kind of hard to view yourself as an artist when you can't do any of those things or if that's not your area of expertise. So it took me a really long time to come to terms with the fact that like, I am an artist, like what I do is art. It's just not physical in the way that you consume it. And it's not stereotypical in the way it's created. That's interesting. I'm curious, did you ever either on your own or in school, I don't know how difficult it is to do this um, or if I'm asking a ridiculous question, but have you ever filmed anything on film? I have not filmed anything, but I have taken film photos and developed them in a dark room. Because that was my introduction to photography. I mean, back back in the day, back when I was a wee, uh, <laughs> no, back when I started, there really, I mean, there was digital photography, but it was like uh, not something a 15 and 16 year old could ever think of affording. Um, so when I was in high school studying photography, it was all film. And so I feel like that has affected the way that I view art as far as photography goes because I don't I think of my my digital files the same way I do a strip of film because mm -hmm. um, it is the raw thing so I so that's really interesting that you don't necessarily that you don't see it as a tangible thing when it's digital yeah. it's weird huh. it's weird and I think part of it is the way that like my high school experience was because my high school didn't have any like film programs. They had one photography class. I don't know. I always kind of had like imposter syndrome and it's something I still deal with, but like imposter syndrome when it came to being an artist, like mm -hmm. I didn't want to define myself as an artist because I didn't think I was worthy of the title. When I was studying photography and the reason why I went, I switched to graphic design for my bachelor's was because of how dang expensive Mm -hmm. art in general is like creating art in general is, oh yeah it can be very expensive it doesn't have to be but it can be but film photography um I mean I was really into like alternative processes and like doing pinhole cameras and I developed my film in coffee for like an entire semester <laughs> <laughs> um it was just wild but it was so expensive and the way that I wanted to be creating art was like was that way was with all the weird stuff and the expensive outdated stuff that nobody serviced or made anymore like that was what made me happy and I'm like well I'm not going to make any money doing this this goes back to the value mm -hmm. um and I'm a broke college student so I'm just going to switch to graphic design because I just need 
one tool, in theory, one tool for that, a computer. Well, I just talked a lot about how I kind of struggled to define myself as an artist. So to kind of wrap us up, Illy, do you want to talk about when did you start to really view yourself as an artist? Hmm. See, that question assumes that I do. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought you did. I do. Uh, broadly, I do say that I'm an artist. Um, see, for me, in, in valuing, not valuing, in, in viewing my own work, I struggle to define my archness. <laughs> um, because I don't, I feel like I need to have a, like, a signature or a niche or a, like, I want to be the person you go to for this. And because, like I said in the introduction, I'll kind of dabble in anything. And because I have, like, I feel very much like a, a jack of all trades and a, and a master of none. And that's really frustrating. Um, like, some people would view that as a positive, And I just, I don't because I want, like, I, I wish I could just confidently say, this is what I can do. This is what I have to offer you. And I don't feel that way. I don't feel like my work is, is bad. Like I'm not talking myself down. Um, that's where I struggle in defining myself as an artist because I can be like, yeah, I'm an artist. And then somebody asks me, oh, what do you do? What don't I do? I wish I had these highly conceptualized uh, pieces of art. I wish that was something that people would be like, yes, Illy, like that's your go-to, that's your, your signature, your definition. Um, but instead I'm like, yeah, I'm an artist. I'll, I'll design you a logo or I'll paint you a, a picture on canvas or you know i can i can edit you some some photos i can i can take your your car out of the background of your wedding photos like if i'm just taking commission like if i'm just creating what other people want me to create like that's where i'm having a hard time defining my artistry because like i'm not necessary i'm creative in the you know framing not literally in a frame but you know what i mean like the um composition of artwork and my choice of colors and how I you know how I frame a shot or how I paint a painting that's my creativity but I'm not conceptualizing as much art from the beginning as I would like I, I think it plays more into instead of how like when you started defining yourself as an artist it plays more into trying to figure out what type of artist you are because you are an artist but you just aren't sure how to define yourself as one, if that, right. like, that's kind of what you were saying. And this is not to say that artists can't have multiple mediums or facets that they enjoy doing. There are definitely, like, super talented painters who also, like, rock out in a band on the weekends and they can, you know, make really beautiful music. Um, so, but then you would say, yeah, I'm a painter and a musician. Not, I'm an, like, I feel like the broad term of being an artist is very different than being able to drill it down to what you do. Well, I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, um, I, I like being able to do different things, even if I can't do them all super duper well. Um, I like being able to, to dabble in different areas, like this podcast is a new venture for us um and i'm excited about that like it it thrills me that i'm going to learn about this other creative outlet um and i love video editing and i really like photography like i i know i don't know too much about it but i really like it on occasion and so i i like having these different things um but at the end of the day my main thing is 
video editing because that's just what I focused on. Although I also really love videography. So that's, that's a hard thing for me is trying to figure out what within the filmmaking process I want to do. Like, I know I can tell you right now, I don't want to be a producer. I don't want to be a writer. Like there are things that I know I don't want to do, but I love being on set. I love helping out on set. I love cinematography. Um, I love editing. I love the marketing aspect of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, you, it's so hard to pinpoint. Someone's like, asked me, what, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I could not tell you. Like my go-to thing is a video editor, but I have so many other passions and interests in the creative sphere that I can't tell you what I want to be. <laughs> or what I want to do. Like, I want to do a ton of different things, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I think that also goes, speaks to, um, like, the, I think we talked about this this whole episode and never actually said it out loud, but art versus being an artist are different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, we're, we're defining art, but now we're kind of talking about what it means to be an artist. Um, and, like, philosophically, <laughs> I think those are different different things um but yeah it's it is weird I think also when you're in an industry um your your ability to create and what um what little like box you tick is very specific to having a job and a career outside of being a freelancer or, you know, owning your own business and doing, you know, whatever you want. If I wanted to go work for a photo at a photo studio, I would need to be able to present myself as something more specific. And I think that's very like industry specific. I mean, how many times can Illy say the word? But you know what I mean? Like you're talking about all these facets of uh, video and cinema. And like, I didn't think of half of those as being separate things because I'm not in that industry. So I mean, that's, I mean, to that point, like people don't understand that an editor is different from a graphic effects person. Like people think that I am an editor, a graphic effects person and uh, an audio engineer. And I mean, certainly people can be all of those things, but they're very different specialties within the world Mm -hmm. of like producing video content and people don't realize that they're like oh you're an editor so can you make me these really cool title graphics and I'm like I'm not a graphic effects artist and I think a lot of times I was kind of like angry tweeting about this the other day a lot of times in the beginning of someone's career or in the beginning of someone's journey it is expected that you do everything Mm -hmm. because like that's how you prove your value or that's how you prove that you're like competent (laughs) if you were going to go take a job as a videographer and they didn't have a huge budget and they were just looking to hire one person to do it they would want that one person to have the ability to record edit sound uh mixing all of that because that's what's within their budget so they're going to look for someone who's young and fresh and who has dabbled in all of these things so that they can pay them less or not at all unfortunately Mm -hmm. um and it's just the expectation that they're going to be willing to do this because it gets their foot in the door and it gets them experience. Whereas if you were applying for larger companies, they have the experience and the knowledge to know that those are three, four, five different roles that need to be filled and they're willing to 
maybe not pay well, but pay three, four or five people to do those jobs. And I think that's a big distinction and and a really hard obstacle to get over as an artist. And I mean, and also like another conversation to have in, in, in a separate podcast, but also that ties into it is people expecting that because you're new, you should work for free. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't tell you how many times in high school and even in my early years of college, I was told to accept all this work and do it all for free because I was newer. Mm-hmm. Let, oh that's God. just so effed up. I don't know if we want to talk about this right now or if we want to save it, but like, there's a whole nother point of this that is so classist that drives me up a wall because I could never take an unpaid internship because I've had to work consistently since I was 14 yeah. to have money. So I couldn't take an unpaid internship in college. I couldn't get that experience. I couldn't get myself in the door. I took one internship that, sh- that wasn't paid and she just like gave me money for my travel and the food. Other than that, for that one semester, like that, the, uh, yeah. ugh, I could talk about this forever. It makes me it, so angry. So well, angry. we definitely have to do a bit, uh, like a, a separate podcast about that because unpaid internships anger me. They should not exist. Unpaid internships, unpaid work, contests that are for oh god exposure. Oh my god. Anyway, yeah, that could be a whole other podcast, but we kind of we kind of ran the gamut on this first episode. I think in general, our um, our episodes are might be more specific and more drilled down in the future. Um, yes. But it's also kind of the nature of how Alana and I talk to each other, and kind of how we envision this podcast for us to kind of go off the rails. Yes, but this podcast is going to be really chaotic. We do have two social media accounts set up. We have a Twitter, and our Twitter account is at art hypothetical art hypothetically is too long i didn't know that twitter yeah. had a, a 15 character uh thing about you can tweet us there and you can also you know tweet us about the podcast on our personal twitter accounts mine is at underscore king books underscore and illy's is super inspired 67 um, and yes, our Instagram, which has currently nothing on it, but we will be changing that possibly before this airs. We'll see. Um, is just art hypothetically. No spaces, no dots, no anything else, just art hypothetically. So if you would like to continue the conversation or just pop over and say hi, that's where you can find us. Um, it's very weird because I'm so used to having a comment section on everything and podcasts don't have comment sections. They don't. All right. Well, I think that wraps our first episode. How exciting. Thank you so much for listening in. We hope you've enjoyed the first episode of our podcast. This has been Alana. And Illy. And this was Art. Hypothetically.